welcome to episode 28 of Teachers Lift. In today's episode, we're talking with Dr. Parker Wong from HKU and Dr. Linda Lin from Hong Kong PolyU about the considerations that go into the planning, design, delivery, and management of an English for Academic Purposes course. They'll be telling us about the challenges they face and the joy it brings them, and the way to deal with a big teaching team and thousands of students enrolled in their courses. One thing's for sure, this isn't a job for the faint of heart. Let's listen and find out more. I'll turn it over now to Aditi and Colin. Have a great show, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Hi, everyone. Colin, my co-host, and I, Aditi Javeri, are back again on our podcast, Teachers Lift, this week. We are extremely excited to have two guests today, Paco Wong from the Center for Applied English Studies at Hong Kong U and Linda Lin from the Hong Kong Polytechnic University. Both of them are going to talk about teaching, planning, delivering, and managing English for academic uh, purposes courses. Uh, Linda Lin is a senior teaching fellow with over 20 years of experience in second language teaching and research. She has taught not only in Hong Kong, but also in mainland China and Australia. Parko is a lecturer at the Center for Applied English Studies at Hong Kong U and also the program coordinator of Core University English. His research interests lie in discourse analysis, social linguistics, semantics, and pragmatics. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Hello, it's good to talk to you today. So, are you excited to be here? Yeah, very yes, excited. Yeah. Yeah. Colin? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I guess we're all right in the middle of our marking or coming to the end of our marking. And uh, I'm looking forward to um, any time off that we can get and recharge, recharge ourselves after, um, after a, a very um, busy uh, semester. I'm sure uh, Parko uh, and Linda have also been experiencing that as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm not only marking, I'm also looking at, you know, uh, checking all the grades and uh, looking after all the special cases and particularly looking after millions of questions that my team sent to me. And uh, so great fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, great fun with quotation marks. Quotation, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's scare, it's scare marks. Um, uh, how, how many, uh, actually, just maybe um, uh, one quick question that might give us, uh, our listeners, some kind of context to, uh, and also to give you an idea, uh, uh, give them an idea of, of what, you know, the scale of what you're, you're dealing with. How many students are you currently um, coordinating, um, Parco and Linda? Well, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, well, uh, for CS1000 uh, this semester, we got 68 classes, and then uh, we got around 1,300 students. And then uh, we got around 30 course teachers, both part-time and uh, full-time teachers. So really a lot of people. So at this moment, we are very busy checking with all the grades, all the marks, and then uh, all the submission problems, a, a lot of things. Yeah, so uh, it's a very interesting job. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how about Linda? How, how, can you tell us a little, um, uh, how many classes and teachers and students that, uh, that you're having to coordinate? Well, I'm the coordinator of the, all the LCR uh, subjects. So uh, it's not only just one sub, uh, subject, I, I coordinate all this LCR, which is kind of basic communication, which include academic um, English. And then in the meantime, I'm also the primary subject leader of the major uh, 
EAP subject. And uh, this semester we have, I should say still have not had, uh, we, we have, um, I think almost 2000 students and um, over 45 teachers. And uh, so a lot of questions and particularly with the online teaching, we have to change assessments. We have to, you know, uh, run things a little bit differently. So a lot of questions. So I really don't think I have ever experienced a challenging, you know, semester like this one. Linda, what do you mean by LCR? Is it language and communication? Yes, uh, language and communication. So within this one, we actually have uh, three uh, EAP related courses. We also have other uh, courses related to communication. You know, like we have uh, like one is based on kind of like uh, uh, spoken and debating and the other ones advanced reading and writing and one on even literature. So, yeah, we, we actually have a lot of um, subjects in this uh, program. We should let our audiences know that these two people, these two guests of ours are experts in English for academic purposes, EAP, as Linda just said. And um, English for academic purposes is, um, is, is a vast field in its own right. And these people have been coordinating these courses for thousands of students. So we're gonna basically ask them that what is the purpose of these courses? Why do we have an EAP course in universities? Marco, would you like to start? Okay, yeah, sure. Well, um, at the University of Hong Kong, uh, well, for the CAS one thousand core university course, in short, CUE, um, we expect that um, students, after completing the course, um, they should be able to uh, have a good command of different kinds of English academic literacy skills. And we expect that they should be able to do four major things. For example, they should be able to express a critical academic stance in their writing and speaking, through critical reading and listening. We expect that they are capable of constructing clear and structured arguments with skillful integration of academic sources through writing and speaking. And then apart from that, uh, students should be able to identify and distinguish between main arguments and supporting evidence in spoken and written academic texts. And then uh, to demonstrate control of grammatical accuracy and lexical appropriacy in academic communication. So these are the skills where we expect that students will be able to have them after doing the course. That's very useful. Linda, is it the same for you or a bit different? Uh, similar. So the major objective is to prepare students to go through this uh, four-year study, um, you know, in academic subjects. So to prepare them to be able to write uh, term papers, so to write reports, and uh, to uh, deliver academic presentations. So because of that, we have students from um, uh, different backgrounds, different proficiency levels. So we actually have three uh, courses basically related to academic uh, English. The first one is for kind of for lower level students, kind of like a, we call it a PEUS. EUS is a, a major EAP course. And then, uh, then students who, you know, come to BSE with lower level um, English, they will need to take this PEUS before they come to the main one that is called the EUS, English for, you know, uh, university studies. And the EUS one is the one that I'm the primary <laughs> subject leader. And uh, so we're looking after basically all university um, students in PolyU will have to take this course basically. And uh, then we think this one, you know, the one before is to prepare students. So because of their proficiency, so we give them 
further training to teach them the like uh, some basic um, rhetorical skills, academic rhetorical skills, like comparison, com contrast, problem solution, that kind of, you know, kind of uh, uh, rhetorical um, uh, functions. And then after they have develop these kind of skills and uh, then the second level for them, but for most students actually is just come, come directly to EOS, which is uh, basically teaching students all the academic skills they need in the university. So we basically cover like academic um, uh, register, the first one academic styles, you know, uh, how to make sure that they follow academic conventions, academic style, that's the first part. The second part is uh, uh, basically uh, citation skills, uh, that's another part of the convention, of course, and uh, that included in you know, paraphrasing, summarizing all these kind of skills. And uh, then, and based on this, I'm teaching students to write different type of academic essays. So that, that's major uh, part of the writing part. And then based on this, we also uh, teach students academic presentation skills. And uh, for example, how to cite sources, you know, how to uh, in speaking, in academic speaking, and then how to um, also express stance, that kind of thing. Um, but with the EUS, this course, um, we start to, talk about you know some kind of critical thinking skills already and um, so um, but we have not explored uh, deep enough so because of that we actually have another course which is called advanced EA, you know EAP course in this one we focus on critical thinking skills still teach them you know some um, uh, kind of uh, uh, basically kind of academic skills based on that and increase critical thinking skills and particularly in talking about stance when you're talking about stance have you looking um looking at these uh, stance from different perspectives is based on how much that's based on evidence and how thoroughly you can convince your audience so that kind of thing so we actually have these three um you know eap courses in the poly year so there's um Pre-English for University Studies, the PUS, you said. Yeah, then that, that's only for a small number of students, though. Okay, and then there's English for University Studies, which most of them take. And then there's Advanced English for University Studies, which focuses on critical thinking. All right, so, uh, so Paco, um, you, um, you offer one course, uh, is it? Um, or do you have workshops? How, how does this work for you? So uh, for CS1000, uh, we just got one, and this is a course for all 10 faculties. And then, um, well, uh, we, we're mainly dealing with uh, the weaker students, so that uh, for uh, the DSE examination, if they got level three and level four, the course is compulsory for them. But then if, if they got a level five or above, uh, the course will be optional for them. And then uh, in this course, uh, uh, well, I, I would say around 80% of the students, they are compulsory students, uh, I mean, require students. And then for 20%, they're kind of uh, the optional students. So um, yeah, thank you. So they, they learn how to express their stance and everything. So I'm assuming they don't learn this at the school level. They don't learn this in schools, right? No, I don't think they, uh, at the school level, they cover academic skills. No, they basically cover kind of proficiency related kind of skills. But I think only when they come to the university, they start to understand, oh, you know, we can't just uh, you you use word like, uh, or you know, doesn't, have, we have to say that's not, cannot be just putting them like a spoken form in our writing. So that kind of thing, yeah. So that's why we start with academic, uh, you know, register, so academic style. 
So you have to probably keep a lot of things in mind when you're preparing the syllabus or the curriculum for an EAP course, an English for Academic Purposes course. And you have to make sure that it kind of bridges the gap between um, school students and university students. Uh, how do you do that? Uh, what is the primary idea behind that? Uh, are you talking with me, right? <laughs> like a you, Parker, both, yes. Well, we, what we need to do is to make sure that uh, students actually can um, bridge what they learned in secondary school and, uh, you know, uh, to what they need, the skills they need for the university. That is why we make sure if students actually can cope with the, the kind of skills we teach them, they come directly to the U.S. But so students who cannot, uh, we put them into PEUS so that they will develop some basic skills before they come to this, you know, to the uh, academic skills. And then after this, we actually give students different kinds of options. They can do a advanced uh, EAP, but they also can choose other things. For example, just now I talk about human literature, uh, advanced reading and writing, those kind of things. And those are, those are not really uh, kind of academic related. They, 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 they can be like uh, basically uh, how to persuasive one of them called persuasive uh, communication so so give so if they come here they after doing us they actually can have an option either going further on academic kind of writings uh, speaking skills or they can um, pursue other kind of things they are interested in for example literature yeah parko would you like to add to that well uh, maybe i can briefly talk about uh, the key area this course cover okay so in fact, in CS1 Darison, uh, we mainly focus on academic writing and speaking. Well, uh, for academic part, um, I mean, for the writing part, we target two different genres, the essay writing and also report writing. So uh, we teach students uh, the key components that they have to integrate in their written assignment. For example, when they're constructing an introduction, what constituents they have to include, we also talk about, uh, for example, transition, coherence, um, hedging devices, argumentation constructions, APA in-text citations and referencings, all those uh, academic writing features. And then uh, for, this, uh, for the speaking part, we focus on uh, the skills like um, how students can express their stance critically with the support of academic sources, how they can interact with their conversational partner effectively and logically in a group discussion, for example. So um, we also focus on their grammatical accuracy, lexical complexity, fluency, and comprehensibility uh, of their oral English. So these are the things we, uh, we focus on in their writing and also speaking. So this is mainly about um, the things we cover. That's very comprehensive. I mean, uh, I, I can believe that students find it extremely useful at the same time, the concern may be that this is not a faculty course. This is just an additional course that they need to go through. So is it difficult to motivate the students or do they come all motivated to learn the language and do better in their academic studies? Well, um, now first of all, you're right. Uh, um, very often students are from all 10 different faculties and they're mixed together. Um, they are from different disciplines and within one class we got some very strong students and also we got some very weak students. But it seems to me that motivation is not really a problem because we always tell students that what they're doing, uh, what they're going to learn is not just daily conversational general English. What they learn is academic English. 
and there's no native speaker of academic English, it means that the course would be very, very useful for them. I always highlight uh, one very important fact, that is um, they can transfer what they learn from CAS 1000 to their faculty courses, to their common core uh, curriculum. For example, like um, APA interest citations and referencing, expressing stance, argument constructions, no matter what faculty students are, are from, the knowledge and the skills will, will be very, very useful to them. Yeah? So, is, a, is a very important issue and we'll come to that very soon, Paco. And in the meanwhile, ask uh, Linda, uh, what about your students? Do you find them equally motivated or do you, um, you know, do, do you find that in the class you have to really highlight the benefit of the course and, and show why it's important for them? And to start with, I would just like to add that with our e, um, major EAP course, we actually divided it to two subjects almost, two subject code. One is 1012, one is 103. Uh, the reason is 1012, we focus on APA and Howard, that kind of style. So that's for you know students who um, who need to use kind of citation skills and for uh, engineering students science students who need to use like a um uh, IEEE that kind of style we actually have another subject so we want to make sure that what they actually are going to use later on uh, can be taught and then we actually give them the input that directly related to what they are going to use later on so because of that you know we have a similar situation as what Marco just now said we I don't really think we have a major motivation um, problem uh, very often we actually are quite surprised to see that you know uh, students come say oh this is the most useful subject you know in this semester so yeah yeah and another point just now I did not really cover it's like when I heard what Marco said you know the emphasize the kind of cohesion coherence devices that is very much related to logical thinking and uh, so um, with, with that kind of part and the students normally in secondary school, they did not pay enough attention to that kind of thing, and they basically link, you know, all the ideas of his uh, and, uh, you know, but, uh, however, that kind of thing. When they come here, they will say, oh, that kind of thing, you know, it's kind of not working. So we have to think logically, think more carefully. They feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, we are learning something new, something different. So because of that, you know, most students are quite motivated, and we actually receive a lot of, you know, very positive feedback from students, particularly when you see something like, oh, this is the most useful subject in this semester we say oh because they normally don't really get a high possibly a very high grade from us because we are quite you know uh, the skills are not easy but in the end we still feel this is the most important most useful subject and now that you're talking about linking devices and just the use of and and button very simple ways of linking ideas i remember that when i was working at poly U, you guys had banned the use of moreover uh, yeah, we did not really ban. We just kind of like seeing that we su we suggest that you don't really use those kind of thing uh, too often. <laughs> yeah, you use you know once or twice. Don't just use those kind of kind of you know cohesion coherence device. But a lot of students basically just take that you know as a way of linking. You know, they they, they have been told by the secondary school teachers that the more you use, the better your you know your, you know your 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 essay will be. You know, which that's not really true. <laughs> yeah and uh yeah colin and i go ahead the argument is this argument is like those words like for moreover for uh, furthermore uh, besides those are called the uh, logical connectors we feel like if you present your argument very logically already why do you need logical connectors exactly yes 
yes, I, I see where you're going with this because thematic connection and there is lexical connection. And there should be a balance between the thematic and the lexical, but they overuse the lexical. Exactly, exactly. So we never really ban them. We just feel like you, you, you use carefully and, uh, you know, particularly these three, you need to think carefully before you use them. And you, you use sentences to link, use logic to link things rather than just, you know, have a shortcut or furthermore something, and moreover something, you know, that kind of <laughs> That's a very good idea. Uh, Colin and I have both taught on the EAP course at Hong Kong U. Uh, which is a uh, core university English, or, or as Parco has been saying, CAES 1000, you know, that's, that's what it's called. Colin, what was your experience of teaching the EAP course? And what would you like to ask Parco and um, Linda? Well, it's, uh, it's actually been a few years since I, I taught the course. So, I, I mean, actually, I'd probably be interested to you know, I'm not, Parco, can you just say um, when you took over as coordinator, can you just um, say when did you take over as coordinator of the course? Um, January 2019. 2019. And, and uh, prior to that, were you, is, am I right, you were, you were uh, on the team or you were also sub-coordinating, sub is that right? Uh, at the very beginning, I was a, a core team member, and then uh, I was there uh, as a deputy coordinator for three semesters, and then uh, now I'm the program coordinator for my fourth semester. Oh, okay. So, so you you've made some you you've seen the kind of changes that it's 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 been through. Yeah. Uh, and and Linda, what about yourself? How how, how long have, have you been coordinating the course? Oh well, uh, if you just talk about this major as a subject. Uh, leader for the major EAP course. I have been doing this ever since this course was established. That was back to 2012 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but as a yeah, as a, a coordinator, program coordinator, um, I also been doing this for around four years. Yeah. So yeah. I, th I think my question that sort of leads into my question is what what are the sort of significant changes that you've made to the syllabus or curriculum in like say the last few years and. What, why why did you sort of implement those changes? Well, uh, for CAAS 1000, uh, recently we integrated a new component called Reading for Writing. Yeah? In the past, we tend to focus mainly on uh, writing and also speaking, but uh, uh, based, on, just a, based on one suggestion from the external examiner, he suggested that we have to teach students how to read. Because in the past, um, it seems like we assume that students know how to read, but in fact, they don't, yeah? So that's why uh, we spent uh, uh, two semesters, uh, um, carried out a study uh, about the reading habits of students, and then uh, based on the information, we produce some new teaching materials uh, specifically for reading for writing. So we integrate some theory into the course, and then uh, we give some students some uh, practical uh, uh, learning experience, how to read, and then uh, how to put everything into practice. Yeah. And then, so that's why um, starting from last semester onward, reading for writing is becoming um, a key component of the whole course. I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Um, you said there was a kind of study done um, about the uh, about the reading habits of students. What what did that study reveal about the reading habits of, of the students at that time? Well, uh, it, it seems like a lot of students they, they read everything from the first word to the last word of the whole pair uh, of the whole uh, article. Okay. And it takes a lot of time. And usually uh, they told us that if, uh, reading is very, very boring because when they read journal articles, 20 pages, 50 pages, all the words. 
and usually they lose their interest after 10 sec after 10 minutes after they started read, um, um, after, um, doing the reading. So that's why uh, we tell them, well, in fact, we have different kinds of skills, different kinds of strategies, how to shorten the reading time, and yet you can still get the key ideas from the materials. So uh, in, in the lesson, uh, we told them three different kinds of strategies, and then uh, immediately after the teaching, we give them some practice so that they can see the usefulness of their course, how to read, and then how to extract the ideas and put the ideas into the writing. This, in, in the end, we try to teach students how effective reading can facilitate their writing. This is the key idea. That's very good. Yeah, critical reading is, is the most basic skill and it can be included. Linda, how has your course changed as Colin asked before? Oh yeah, um, we, we have changed a lot, okay. Uh, you know, uh, the first change is like we, uh, from, from the course level, we need to change because, you know, at the beginning you, you design materials or whatever, and very soon the, a lot of them, you know, kind of getting out of date. You know, for example, our sample um, sample essay, the topic was still on what, uh, China's aging problem. And then, you know, those kind of topics, you know, you can't use them, you know, uh, on and on. And so now we are changing to things like students are more interested, like some of the new media, we talk about student use of mobile phone, you, you know, um, that, that kind of thing. So we changed that. We also changed, you know, with assessment, we do similar kind of ch uh, changes. And we also uh, make a lot of changes because we, we have a very, very strict QA measures here. And we, each semester, we get feedback from students, we get the feedback from teachers. So we, we make sure that we react, we, we, we kind of respond to, to the feedback. So we, based on feedback, we actually also make changes. So if we think that is pedagogically sound, we, of course, we will just change that. So that is at the course level. So we, we actually, even the, the course like EOS is the most popular course. We still, you know, every semester uh, and uh, particularly during semester break time, we make changes. And that is why I always find myself so busy not having time to do things I really want to do because of, of this. And that's as a subject level. At the, um, at the program level, what we did was we actually had um, a, a review for LCR. LCR review. We feel like, you know, we, we established this LCR program and we need to, I think 2016, we had a major review and uh, so the major core LCR subject we um, reviewed. And then we not only have internal um, people in review, we also have external review. And based on that feedback, we actually also changed. One of the major changes, we want to be able to see a clear progression path from one subject to another subject. So people have objectives from PUS to EUS and then um, AEUS. So we want to see a clear path. When we find that the path is not really that clear, so we start to make changes. That sounds very challenging. Yes. And I mean, uh, you have thousands of students uh, under this program who take this uh, course, and then you probably have very large course teams. How do you cope as the coordinator of this course? Don't eat, don't sleep. Very easy. <laughs> Parker, what about you? Well, you're right. Um, there are a lot of course teachers and a lot of students, and uh, especially for course teachers, sometimes uh, they have different requests. And uh, I have to make sure that I understand the requests. And then as much as I can, I will um, accommodate the requests or entertain the requests if I can. 
And uh, sometimes uh, if I cannot, I try to let them know the, re the reason, the rationales why I can do what they want. Yeah? But um, most of the time, uh, teachers are very understanding and uh, they try to follow what I tell them to do. <laughs> so I, I don't have a lot of problems in this area. It must require extremely good leadership skills. Yes, definitely. Because, you know, with, with, with so many people, you really need to make sure they cater for the needs of, you know, various type of people. Definitely, you need to be able to communicate and negotiate all these kind of things. Yeah, definitely that kind of skill is very important. And I have worked with both of you and I know that uh, you have great interpersonal and leadership skills. So you are the right people to take care of courses like this. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so do you find this rewarding? I mean, all this hard work, do you find this rewarding? Yeah, I, I, I do. I do because when you actually, um, uh, after you actually see the kind of um, results that you know, outcomes, then you feel like, you know, what, what I have done, you know, it's kind of like, a, um, you feel like it's being paid off, particularly when, when I feel like I, I did not never put my role as a coordinator, as a boss of somebody, I put my role as a kind of serving colleagues. And I feel like the way I serve colleagues and colleagues are happy with the way I serve them, I, I feel like a kind of sense of achievement. And uh, so particularly when I heard, you know, colleagues talking about, oh, US is the best, you know, um, subject to run in this place. You know, I just feel like, well, you know, <laughs> it is something I feel good and feel really uh, high, you know, level achieve of, uh, achievement. Understandably. Parker? Um, to me, the most rewarding part is the chance that I can contribute to one of the most important or the biggest courses at CAES. You know, um, this course is very important to the center and I can develop the course based on what I believe is correct. So, uh, for example, uh, last year, as, as I said, uh, the reading for writing section, this is a very important component. Honestly, if I were not a program coordinator, I would not have such a good chance. And I did learn a lot in the process about the domain reading for writing and also material production. Um, surely the, um, the experience is extremely rewarding. Of course, it's also a learning curve. You know, no, nobody comes with you know, perfect kind of skills of dealing with everything. You know, it's a learning curve. You, you learn from you know, what you have done and you try to do better, or, you know, and that kind of thing. But I can see that both of you are not just teaching or managing the course. You have also kept very busy with projects on these, these subjects. Uh, so for example, uh, Linda, you were involved with the four-year curriculum. Uh, to, in 2013, you were involved with the EAP course development. Uh, Parco, you have recently been involved with the transferability project. So, uh, so I'll start with that, Parco. The transferability project, with focuses on the skills that students can transfer from the course to other areas of their academic life. Could you elaborate a bit more? And what has the project shown us so far? Okay, well, um, in fact, uh, I have participated uh, in an in-house uh, CAES transferability project. And uh, in this project, we have to prove to the university that, well, uh, after doing CAES 1000, students can really transfer um, what they learn in the course to the common core curriculum and also in the ED courses, English in the discipline courses. So uh, we talk to the students, we have an interview, uh, a lot of students, and then uh, we um, distributed questionnaire surveys to the students. 
And then uh, in order to see how much they can transfer what they learned to other subject areas. So uh, we asked the students to really write down, okay? Because we want to make everything explicit, okay? We want to push students to think, well, very consciously, uh, the transferability process. And um, based on um, the, um, the results we have, where the student did confirm that, um, well, they can really transfer what they learned from CS1000 to the faculty course. But um, I, I would say uh, different faculties got different, um, I mean, students from different faculties, they got different uh, response, but generally speaking, it's very positive. Uh, and what do they say? What were they able to transfer? Any specific areas or in general? Okay, well, uh, specifically, uh, it's about uh, expressing stance. Because in the past, well, they didn't know that they have to express their stance, for example, in a piece of uh, um, um, uh, written article. Usually they put the stance at the very end of the document. But, but uh, after doing CS1000, they know that well, right at the very beginning, they have to express their stance, make it very explicit instead of, well, talking about the stance um, indirectly in the language. So uh, this is the thing uh, they told us. And then uh, they also told us the fact that um, they know that they have to in, uh, include um, academic sources to justify their stance. Because in, in the past, um, it seems that they talk about their stance and then, then they give a lot of subjective information and then a subjective opinion. They, they were not aware of the fact that they need to use academic sources to justify their stance. So uh, this is the thing that they, they know that. So when they go back to the faculty, when they're doing the CC uh, courses, they are very conscious that they need to use this kind of skills learned from us. And Linda, what about how do you see transferability? The students are able to transfer their skills to um, to their faculty courses. Um, do, do you get any evidence, or um, or how do you go about ascertaining whether this is happening? Um, well, I think that the, these skills are trans. Um, definitely transferable because uh, uh, to start with year one, they need to uh, do what they call a car subject is a kind of uh, general kind of learning kind of thing. And they, yeah, it's, it's a kind of a general learning, for example, the understanding of uh, uh, environment, that kind of thing. So the uh, with this kind of uh, uh, general education type of thing, they need to write papers. And to start with, they need to learn <clears throat> the kind of uh, academic skills so to start with the, the they need to use those kind of things for for these car subjects and then when they go to their own department they need to write reports they need to deliver presentations all these skills again you know are taught uh, in our courses that's very useful and the most important part i think is for the final year projects and um, because of the final projects they will really need these kind of academic skills to write the you know to write their final year projects and uh, that is why a student really could see and particularly the department could see the 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 how useful these skills you know are for the students but th these courses are taken by students in the first and second year so how do you sustain the support until the final year uh, well, um, we actually have different kind of workshops and yeah, just to bridge the kind of gap. And then uh, we also have other kind of subjects. It's, it's not really within LCI. We also offer some, some department actually have um, this kind of um, joint courses with us to help the student to write um, final year projects. 
What is most fascinating is that this is this course, EAP, English for Academic Purposes, it doesn't seem that it's only about language, right? It also teaches study skills. It, it, it teaches students about plagiarism, about academic honesty. Yeah, I, I hope, yes, our students and the university can see how beneficial the course is. Yeah, I think the university definitely can see this because they know these are the basic skills for a student to go through the four years, you know, no matter speaking and, and the writing, you know, they both they need all these skills to go through the four years. That's why they strongly support as well. So when you look at your student evaluations, when you talk to students in the student staff consultative meetings, what kind of comments do you get the most asked against? Uh, shall we start with Paco and then um, Linda can share her experiences as well? Okay, well, um, from time to time, uh, students uh, focus on um, course learning objectives, uh, in-class activities, uh, course materials, assessment types, workload, these areas. Yeah, and uh, I would say for CS1000, the, uh, the comments, the feedback are usually very positive. And um, students indicate that they are very happy um, uh, doing this course because they got uh, a very good idea about how to avoid committing plagiarism and how to do in-text citation referencing properly after completing CS1000. Um, most students do not have any idea about this very uh, crucial academic feature before they do the course. And they always say that uh, this is the best part of the course. Mm. Okay, and Linda? Uh, we have similar kind of student feedback as what just now Marco talked about. So students will feel like, oh, this is something we really need to uh, use in the skills we need to use, you know, in the four years that it is something not covered in secondary school, um, you know, school studies. And another very important thing, I think it really kind of impress us. We always like the ELC teachers. If you like, your teachers you teach us something academic, but you can teach interactively and not like a sitting there with a microphone, you know, talk, talk in the end, we all fall asleep. But we feel like in the ELC courses, we feel like even academic things are not that boring, even grammar, not that boring. And that is the most, that's the most important part. I mean, I'm really interested in, and very often, you know, in this kind of staff student consultation meeting, we tell them, you know, don't mention teachers because so this is a sub feedback don't talk about teachers and the students could not just help all oh, my teachers that, that, that. Oh, I don't need it. and we all love this and all, all love that of what that teacher did so that is another area we really actually, actually are really um, I'm very happy about Colin uh, it's the same for us English language centers right for all teachers at the English language center I mean students make a distinction between faculty teachers and English language teachers do you find that in your your courses as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the courses that are, they're coming from. But, um, I mean, I, th I think also the faculties are, you know, at Hong Kong U anyway, over the, uh, um, maybe, um, I don't know what other people's views on this, but they seem to be more aware that you can't really just have the kind of lecture style thing um, and, and then assume that that's teaching anymore. I think, I think um, it sounds, you know, from what I've seen, because I do these kind of um, uh, course reviews now for the um, communication intensive courses. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at, uh, at quite a lot of courses from different faculties and, and seeing how they, you know, seeing how they sort of organize their, their, their um, course content, and how they teach. And I, I, you know, I've been quite pleasantly surprised by what I've seen as in, yeah, like, you know, always see that, you know, they're, they're doing these kinds of activities, they're doing a lot more their group work, um, you know, but um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think 
Um, it, it depends on the faculty, maybe. Depends what's being taught. Obviously, some things lend themselves more to sort of interactive teaching, maybe other things. But that's that's been my experience. Anyway. Yeah, somehow the, the perception uh, has been that English language teachers are very communicative. They are very interactive uh, and, and they love somehow talking to us. Uh, there's a human element there. I, I don't know. I guess maybe our classes are smaller than, you know, a lot of students are certainly in some courses are in, in you know, well, they were obviously before we moved online, but a lot of people were. You know, the classic one was students going to kind of lectures where there's maybe two or 300 students and and then, you know, they can slide into the back of the lecture hall and get nice and snug and cosy and then have a nice good snooze and then pick <laughs> up later, uh, you know, but um, but obviously you can't do that in a class when there's 20 people <laughs> in a small room and, and uh, you're in a group, right? So. Yeah, I think um, I think English teachers do enjoy that um, you know closeness, that bonding with the students. Um, so, uh, Linda, for you, um, would you be able to you know think back to a moment that is still in your mind, a, a kind of beautiful teaching moment or uh, part of your teaching experience that um, that kind of makes you all uh, emotional or warm and fuzzy? Yeah, or tell you too, just related to what just now uh, Colin just now talked about, you know, um, a classroom uh, with 20 students, um, you know, you, you actually can interact and then face to face. But when we did online, even online, I found that students were so happy that even the ELC teachers, even online, they can talk with us almost like a face to face. We're just really impressed. And what really impressed me most is that one day I was chairing a student cons consultation meeting and after the meeting you know what the student said said well i enjoyed this meeting i mean if I, if, you know with other kind of student consultation meeting they, they keep they put up there get us to wait and we we don't know what to do and here you know you talk with us and you, you really listen to us and we feel like uh, you know it's useful for us to be here and i feel like oh i'm just sharing a meeting you know something is kind of really useful Yes. It's not even teaching, it's just I'm chairing a meeting. You know, I think it's a language kind of like a skills. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, another uh, experience I can share with you is, you know, this semester has been a really tough semester. I don't know if that happens in Hong Kong. You, We have uh, a lot of students, particularly from mainland, you know, they, when they were in mainland, they're still in the mainland, uh, secondary school, they basically were taught as in Chinese and they never really, uh, in the English environment. And now suddenly they have to be in the English environment and they can't uh, understand what is going on. A lot of them cannot really, uh, uh, cannot really uh, understand, I cannot really follow. And the one student actually wrote an email saying something I was really kind of feeling sad because she said she, because she was not able to follow what is happening in the class, she felt really depressed. But in the same time, she did not really want her parents to know because she did not want to let them down. And I uh, feel like, you know, she's been known from secondary school all the way. She's a good student, capable, whatever. Suddenly she feel like she's kind of not useful, that kind of thing. So, I mean, based on a few cases like this, so what I suggested, you know, um, to Bruce was like, we run some special case, special sessions just for students, not only mainland students, but also students here, uh, uh, just to help them to better understand what is happening. So what we did was, uh, 
we, we, we were hoping to just get, have some student, maybe 20 students or something. And then we send an email to teach it to students just to say we have some kind of Q&A sessions, um, you know, to, to help you. And in the end, we got over 400 students coming. Now, I run two sessions. And each session is about around 200 students. And after those two, you know, each of the session, I ask the collective feedback. Some of them say, oh, finally, I know now how to do assessment one. You know, after that kind of moment, you really feel like, I mean, because of these sessions, I mean, that was Saturday. I actually basically did all of that on Saturday, on a Saturday. And I, to prepare that, you know, was also a lot of time. So that Saturday, I ran two sessions for US, one session for PUS. So my whole day was gone. I feel exhausted, exhausted. But I then feel quite good. I was really, really tired, but I feel good. I really helped the students. It's so gratifying. It's so gratifying. Paco, what about you? Well, uh, in fact, uh, recently I received an email from one student. And then uh, she told me that she was from a CMI school, Chinese as the medium of instruction. And then uh, she said that before she joined Hong Kong U, well, uh, she learned everything in Chinese. So that's why uh, the first time when she talked to us in English, she was really very scared. And then she uh, did not like English language. Uh, she didn't want to write or speak in English. And then uh, she said that even at this moment, her English is not really very good. But by doing this course, at least she got some confidence. In, in the class, I keep telling all the students, well, you're improving, you're improving. This is week six, well, you look much better than week one. And then week 12, very great, much better than week one. And then I, I try to give them confidence. And then um, they're really going up. And then I'm getting, they're getting more and more confidence. In, in the end, honestly, when they give me the final assignment, uh, the quality is not really very good, but I can really see improvement there. So that's why uh, in the end, uh, last week, I got an email from one student and then uh, she said that she was very grateful. And then I, I said that um, this is the start of your academic journey and then you have a long way to go. And then, well, in the future, if, you've been, uh, if she got any problems, just come and talk to all of us. And then um, I, I feel like CA has uh, got a pretty good reputation among some of the students. This, they know that we are always here to help them. So um, I'm feeling very happy, honestly. I'm sure your students are very, very grateful. And uh, uh, myself and Colin, we are very grateful that you took the time out to share your experiences with us, to talk about your English for Academic purposes, uh, Purpose courses. And I hope teachers all over, anybody who's listening to this, uh, has taken something out of this. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah, Thank you. yeah. Nice to talk to you. I'm really happy to share our experience. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Teachers Lift. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed making this episode. The Lift is a collaborative project made by teachers at the Center for Applied English Studies at the University of Hong Kong, the English Language Center at the Hong Kong Polytechnic University, and the Center for Language Education at the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to catch future episodes, be sure to subscribe on the podcasting app of your choice. I think we're on all of them. We're also grateful if you can like and subscribe on Facebook. It helps us to get the word out. We'll see you for the next episode of Teacher's Lift. Until then, 
Have a great day and enjoy your teaching. Bye-bye.